Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Tonight I want to speak in this last session with you about community. And if you were not here this morning or were not a part of that service, then I encourage you. It's on YouTube, of course. Go to Metro Church WA there and, and be a part of that. That was about difference. And it really sets us up for what I want to speak on tonight, which is about unity. Now, before we get a little kumbaya-ish about it, uh, because that's where a lot of people go, to the soft, kind of loving, doughy-eyed thoughts about what unity looks like, I believe that unity is one of the most important subjects for everyone, whether you are a believer or not. I read a lot of books. I love reading. like reading books about why people do what they do. Just finished one about, uh, about movements and about how they react and how they respond and how they change parts of the world. And so when you read those, they'll talk about the importance of everyone being on the same page. So I know that unity is not about what we do inside the walls of a church or how I as a Christian interact with other Christians it's not that alone, it's for all of my life. And if you don't understand unity, listen, if you don't understand unity, every time you encounter difference or conflict, you'll disconnect. I'll say that again, because it's so important. If you think about it, you will either recognise the times in your own life when you felt uncomfortable because you encountered difference. And so you do this and step away from that connection or from that organisation or from that place, some people's whole lives are a series of connects and disconnects. You can track their history through their relationships. They make friends until there comes a conflict. Then they disconnect because disconnecting feels easier than the pain of addressing difference. And so people disconnect in their relationships. They'll go through all of the stuff of how come I feel so lonely, but if you track their story. I've spoken with people whose employment record looks like this. I love the job until I encounter conflict I leave the job, and when you talk to them, I've had people say this to me, everywhere I go, I keep meeting these terrible people. I say to them, well, let's just check a little bit, see if there's one common strand in this entire employment history. Hello, I think it's you. Because I've got such a gift of compassion when it comes to that. And so people make friends, they differ, and then they disconnect. Some people's church and spiritual life. I love this church. It's the greatest church. I've never been to such an amazing church and the greatest pastor I've ever met in my entire life until they encounter conflict. When they encounter difference, something they don't agree with, a problem, somebody offends them, they disconnect from that church and then go to the next one, which becomes the greatest church they've ever been to. Until they encounter a conflict, someone offends them, overlooks them, and then they disconnect that from that one. Usually the gap starts getting longer and longer. Then they go to the next church, which oh, this is the one. 
and then they go to that one, but then the same thing repeats. And eventually I've met so many tired and jaded Christians who have disconnected and now no longer go anywhere, not because they don't love Jesus, but because they never knew the principles of unity and how to walk on despite difference in their life. Psalm 133, the whole psalm. I'm going to read you the whole psalm. Don't get worried, it's three verses. It says, Behold how good, everyone say good. Behold how good and how pleasant. That means it pleases you. It's good. You don't go to it and go, oh, yuck. You go, this is brilliant. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, and this means all, men and women, to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, he was the high priest, running down the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, the presence of God. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. It's good. It's pleasant and it's powerful because when you get into that place, blessing is commanded over your life. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to go hunting for it. You don't have to cajole God and wheedle it out of Him. But if you get into this place, then blessing gets commanded over your life. It's almost like blessing tracks you down in your life. That's a pretty good thing. Now, I read this morning in that service about two examples of difference in the early church. But what I didn't really reference was that at the end of each one of them, we read things like this, Acts chapter 6, which was a division over race. It was the Hebrew Jews and the Greek Jews, and there arose a difference when they resolved the problem. Acts 6 verse 7 says the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and even a great many of the priests. In other words, the people that had been so opposed to Jesus' ministry, even those people got converted. Why? Because a problem got solved and the church came back into a place of unity. The next one I referenced was Acts 15, where it was not just a division of race, it was a division fundamentally of one of the biggest culture clashes you can imagine. It was the Jewish people that all of their history back thousands of years is we are the chosen ones. We're different from you Gentiles. You don't belong. We are it. We're God's chosen ones. But then in Acts chapter 10, God brings in the Gentile people, salvation gets poured out on them. Well, some of the Jewish people go, hold a second here, this isn't right, this isn't fair, this is for us. Now you're letting these heathen in, these people that we don't think measure up. And so the entire uh, group of people, really, they start saying, we want to make them look more like us. Well, they stop everything and all the apostles get together and they decide that the Gentiles, obviously God has thrown open the door to them. And so we're not going to try and make Jews out of them. It says then after this was resolved, 
that the people rejoiced. In other words, joy came back into the church. They were all encouraged. Everybody kind of just got lifted. And the Bible says they got strengthened in their life. That's Acts 15, 30 through 32. Let me get into this with you, though. Here's some things everybody, I believe, needs to understand about unity. Can I say to you tonight, I really want to kind of you to take this to your workplace. I really want you to take this to wherever you are where there's conflict. Maybe you're in your home or your family. We're coming up to Christmas time, which for some people is the most beautiful family time of the entire year. And for other people, it's the time of the year they dread the most. Because here comes more family conflict dug up all over again. You need to hear this tonight and understand something about unity. If you're a part of this church, I want you to understand where our unity comes from and what it's for. Here, let me get into it. Number one, unity is not agreeing with everyone about everything. Unity is not agreeing with everyone about everything. Unity is agreeing on the main things. There's a whole lot of diversity that is so totally permitted. You know, you don't have to believe the same politically. You don't have to believe the same about a whole range of social issues. What you and I need to agree on, I believe most importantly, is what is our purpose? I said this morning, is it a speed bump or a roadblock? Comes down to how does this affect my purpose? If it's not about my purpose, it's a speed bump, go over it, keep on going. If it's a roadblock, stop while you figure it out, then keep going with the same purpose God gave you. That's what they did in Acts 15 and Acts 7. Acts 6 is a speed bump, Acts 15 is a roadblock. They stop, get it out of the way, and then the church goes on. Unity's not agreeing with everyone about everything. How many of you are married? Because if you are... I, I, I'll just check it this way. Is there any married couple that are a part of the service anywhere and you agree with your spouse about absolutely everything? And those that put their hands up were told to put their hands up by their wives. Hello? Come on, be honest. You know that. You know the job that you started thinking it was the greatest gift anybody ever gave you? But after you've been there six months, you start seeing all the bits you don't like, the people that just irk you a little bit, knock you a bit, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, if you're not careful, you can start separating yourself and the unity you had or even around that business's purpose starts disappearing all because you don't understand that unity is not agreeing on everything. You know, you and I can have a discussion tonight about end times. You might say, Jeff, I believe in pre-millennial tribulation. Is that what I meant? No, pre-millennial uh, rapture. That's what I meant, yeah. Pre-millennial rapture. And some of you might say, no, I'm a post-tribulation rapturist. And you can already tell which one I am. I'm a pan-tribulation millennialist. I believe it'll all pan out in the end. We could argue about that. You might have a strongly held belief. You might go, but it's got to be like this. I've had people argue over the most 
we're all kinds of things. And I look at it and go, do we share the same purpose? I can fellowship with a lot of different churches, so long as we agree on the purpose of the church to reach lost people for Jesus Christ. Amen. And I don't mind if you do it through country and Western music. I don't know how you can do that, but if you do, God bless you. I don't mind what kind of music you like. Maybe you like, you know, I was in a church once where the pastor was away and one of the elders was leading it. And I remember around communion, I think he started channeling Elvis. Take my life. I'm doing a poor imitation of Elvis. But you've got to imagine this guy with his slick back hair and he's really, he's got the microphone and he's loving it. He's finally got godly music into the church. But maybe you're a piano accordion person. You go, every the churches, if we could just get the banjo into the church, the Holy Spirit would be more powerful. Go hard, whatever. I've been to people who all kinds of stuff. Unity's not agreeing with everyone about everything. It's agreeing on the main things. The success of this church, the blessing on this church has been because there's a whole lot of stuff we actually go, not that important. Let's go with this. Amen. Here's the second thing you need to know about unity. Unity is not never disagreeing. I don't think I have a friend, a close friend that I have, that I've never had a profound disagreement with. And that's always their fault because I'm so nice, I have no idea what's the matter with them. Unity is not never disagreeing. It's agreeing that our purpose is more important than all of our preferences. Again, I'm not saying that we should just forget it, get over it, don't worry about it. No, actually, Acts 15 tells me there's some of when you should stop and address it. But it's not every day, every week, every moment. Amen? Unity is not about that. Some people join churches because of what they like. They like the parents' room or the youth ministry. They like the worship. They like the trendy preacher. Rhonda and I were in a church. Do you remember this one, Ron? We were in a church in California many years ago, and the pastor drove a Porsche and had perm curly hair and was so slagged, like looked like he stepped out of a men's fashion mag. And uh, here was the deal. He was single. It probably wouldn't be too much of a surprise to realize that 75% of the entire church was single young ladies. And I'm not sure that every one of them was there because the Lord told them to go. I'm pretty sure some of them were there because something inside of them said, I think he's mine. That's a bit like joining the army because you like the uniform. Yeah, I'm joining the army. I always wanted to have green uniform. Yeah, it's just khaki is my colour. You don't join an army because you like the uniform because armies are not about being on parade. It's about a purpose behind them, isn't it? Huh? So don't join a church because you like the lighting or the worship leader or whatever else. Ask yourself, what am I here for? What is God? See, I've said to every person who ever joins this church, I've said there's two reasons why God brought you here. One is because there is something here that you're meant to get. 
And the other thing is because there's something you've got that we're meant to get. And I'm not referring to the offering. I'm talking about your gifts and your talents. He puts you in the body because he wants you to become a blessing. Amen? Don't join the church because I look and see, well, will I enjoy myself there? Ask yourself, what will I be able to give into that place? How can I serve into the life of that church? Here's the third thing, last thing you need to know about unity is this. There's no anointing to produce it. Let me explain that to you. You know, some people go, oh, pastor, just pray for me that my family will have unity. There's no prayer that produces unity. Oh, my business is so riven with division. Oh, pastor, will you pray that there'll be there'll be unity in my business. I think you can pray all you like. And that's a good thing to do. But you've got to understand unity isn't the end. It's not the product of anointing of the Holy Spirit and His grace. Anointing is the product of unity. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus is speaking as He begins His ministry. Verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me because I'm Pentecostal, because I want to speak in tongues, because I love the feeling I get when I come to church. Because after all, who who doesn't love being touched by God? None of that's in this passage, in case you haven't realized. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The anointing is so that I can do things. The anointing is about purpose. The anointing is not so you will feel better, it's so you can be better. And so you and I can do more. Do you want more anointing in your life? Then serve God's purpose. If you want more anointing, I, listen, I love feelings, don't get me wrong. I love the feelings. I, I Seriously, there's not many services where I wouldn't happily just stop Soak in the presence of God. Just go, let's just do this for the rest of the night. But I understand that the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is never here to make me feel better or you to feel better. It's because there's people here that are broken and God wants to strengthen you. It's because there are people here and you're wrestling with stuff in your mind. You feel oppressed. You don't know how to break the clouds of anxiety and anger that are working over your mind and over your heart. And God is here because he wants to do something, just like Luke 4 says. Amen. Because there's people that are a part of the service and you need to say yes to Jesus. That's why the anointing's here. That's why even though you never thought about Jesus until this moment, why you lived your life and he was just another word that people used when they hit their thumb with a hammer. 
or when they stub their toe on something. It was just another thing people said around about you. But now you come into an environment like this and all of a sudden you are starting to think about you and about a life with God. Why? Because the anointing is here to do something in your life. I do know this Metro Church. We need unity in our life because of the great vision that God has put in front of us. I'm absolutely persuaded with all my heart that there is more for us. I believe with all my heart that the things we've seen are the beginning of days and that God wants to do even more. We thank God for everything that he's done, but I believe that right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about stretching and about expanding. And you say, oh, Jeff, how can we do that? I'm just tired. I'm a bit worn out. Can you start on the journey to letting God refresh your soul? Can you start on the journey? God is not asking you. Matter of fact, the last Sunday of this year, I'm speaking on refreshed. The story of the two Elijahs. And I'm going to speak on that because I believe the Holy Spirit really wants to unite and go into 2021 not carrying the weight of 2020 and all of the, I, my regrets and the things that I wish. He wants me to go. Why? Because there's so much more that he wants for us to do. Again, I thank God for everything that he's done. Make no mistake about it. But God has put a great vision before us and we need greater and greater anointing in our life. That's going to come out of unity. That's going to come out of the kind of unity that it's not about do I like everything? Do I agree even with everything? It's going to come out of what's our purpose? What's God called us to do? If he's called us to that. We heard tonight so much about Red Frogs. Can I tell you, Red Frogs is as evangelistic a ministry as you'll ever find. It doesn't start off with a worship song in the zone. There's no pulpit in the middle of it with Pastor Hayden Glass getting up and reading out a Bible verse. But you know, people come to Christ there all the time. It's evangelistic. Why? Because there's a great purpose that flows through everything God's commanded us to do. I've had people ask me over the years about this church. and say, so why do you people do the things you do? We go, well, really, it's because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Not for God so loved the Christians. He does. Glad that he does. But God loves the world. He just wants us to be a part of reaching them. And can I just encourage you, whatever it may be. Oh, look, I've met so many people who have got hung up and all kinds of stuff over the years allowed themselves to get distracted into this issue or that and they think this and that and whatever. And I'm not saying that they're not important. I'm just saying whatever they are, keep purpose central in your heart. I want to stand before God and say, God, I used everything you gave me. I left nothing behind. If you'll permit me, a football quote. Many years ago in a State of Origin match, I believe it was. Sorry about that, Ray. At half time, Queensland again and down. 
It's not looking good. And one of the former great players gets up and addresses the team before they go out again. I love this. He said, let's go out there and leave everything we have on the field to battle. I don't know about you, that's what I want my life to be like. I don't want to go to heaven with unused gifts, unused resources, unused time. I don't want to get there and say, Lord, well, you know, I would have done more, but I just didn't realise I'd be here this quick. Amen. Now, I'm not planning on going soon. I want to encourage you. I urge you. I beg you. Give your life to Jesus. Are you a Christian? Give your life to Jesus. Have you been born again? Give your life to Jesus. Are you a prayer? Give your life to Jesus. Are you a church member? Give your life to Jesus. And see what He's going to do as you get unity around about the purpose of God. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that's a part of this service. Lord, for the people as well on Facebook and on YouTube that will be a part of this service in a time different to this now. But Lord, that somehow or other they've found this broadcast and they're a part of it. Or Lord, maybe they're in the building right now. They've come here as people do because they found us on the web or because a friend invited them or they've been thinking about coming, drove past, saw the sign of the building. Thought I want to check out church. But God, I pray that every single one of them will know you and will give you their life. I pray, Lord, for people here, and there's numbers of them, Lord, who are struggling with anxiety and with oppression in their life. I pray, Lord, tonight you will set them free in the name of Jesus. Lord, that everything that's trying to tie their life up in knots, as it were, that's trying to screw up their sense of identity and value before you, I pray, Lord, that you will pour your oil onto that and heal them tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for those that will say yes to you. Amen. You heard me speaking about saying yes to Christ and it still amazes me that it's that simple. That a simple yes to Jesus is so important. I've got a little granddaughter at home at the moment with her dad and her mum. And they watch that little face look up at her mum with a big smile. And you get to see what it means. She can't even say the word yes yet. But can I tell you, the look on her face says yes. Every time she sees a mom or a dad, God is looking for that from you because he wants you to become a part of his family. God's not looking for you, know, you to join his school of behavior modification. He's not trying to get you in and say you all look like cookie cutters. He's not trying to get you in there so that he can give you a whole bunch of rules. Here's all the rules. He wants you to have that same look on your face that my latest granddaughter has on hers. It's beautiful. Say yes to Jesus. 
If you're in Australia, it's 488 Text yes, why yes. That's all you've got to do. Does it have to be in caps or lowercase? We don't care, send it however you like. Why yes. If you're outside of Australia or if you prefer to get our help and support, our love and care, via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au. The next day after you do that, you'll get it from us, from our church, nobody else. You'll get it from us. This is what you'll get. On one screen of the smartphone, you'll get a Bible verse, a different one every day, and a prayer, a different one every day, just for you. Comes from us, and it's different every day. Thirty days, you can opt out whenever you like. I hope you won't. I hope you'll just continue. And by the way, there's even more mini series after that that go, I think, for a year and a half. All that without you ever having to do anything other than send through your YS. I pray you'll do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know we don't get to do this so much anymore, but every week, every week that we're this week, every week people say yes to Christ. Can I just ask you that are in the building, just to give all those people that are going to say yes, just a big round of applause and say, we love you, we're excited for you, believe it'll be the best decision you'll ever make in your life.